0: You know um, you know what I love about South Africa is that what we do is when we entertain people, there's always food available. Have you noticed that? I don't know if you ever went to a visit. We know, I know we all like braying. We like to, to uh, spend some time together. There's even competitions of food. Everything is based around food. Am I right? You know, Even when I go visit homes, you know, I try to do it as much as I possibly can. It's not only coffee. There's even cookies with the coffee. Have you noticed that at every little, even a little visit, and then, you know, sometimes you would see they will give you like lemon creams with the tea. I don't know who drinks tea, and I don't know why you like lemon creams, and please don't give that to me when I come to visit your house. But we like to do food, and then when we visit somebody, and they don't give us food or a cookie or anything, we like, did you see that? They don't even give us anything to eat, not even a cookie. You're gonna You're laughing because this is true. And some of you haven't been visiting friends because you're not getting cookies. Am I right? You know, I I am reminded back in the day when I was about 21, 22, thereabouts. It's about 20 years ago. Um, you know, if you don't, if you're a young person and you don't have a job, you know what you do during the holidays? You house sit. And I love house sitting for people. It was the funnest thing to do because you know when they say that when you go to their house and they give you the keys. They open the fridge and there's food. There's ham, there's cheese. There's some cheeses that I can't even pronounce still to this day. In that fridge, there is bacon, there is eggs, there is cold meat. And, and then they show you the, the cupboard. And then when you open the cupboard, it is salty cracks and little crisps and chips and Simba chips. And you're like, I'm going to have such a great time at this house. Now, if you were ever young, I don't know what you females do, but the males, I know, when you see that, the first three nights, all that food is gone. Because I was a young, growing man. I looked, you know, I was still maturing. I was still running a lot. I, we played that rap, I did all of that. So every time you got home, you were so hungry. And then you always take the best food first. How do I know this is true? Because now when me and my wife buy meat, we will eat all the steak and the sheep and mutton or whatever you want to call it first, and the pork meat last. Because we don't like pork meat. And then when that was done, we go into the cupboards and so forth, and in few days, everything was gone. And I remember that one day, we played touch rappy on the field. Yeah, where the children's home is. We played touch rappy on the field over there, some of the guys. And, you know, when you we, when we get older, you get stronger, you want to tackle rappy. We did all of that. And I was so hungry and I was thinking, okay, I don't have a lot of money, but I saw fruit on the island in the kitchen, (laughs) fruit. I saw fruit on the island of the kitchen. I'm gonna dash over there, shower, and at least I'll have something to eat. Strangely enough, everything in the kitchen and the cupboards was not really healthy for me, am I right? But the fruit is supposed to be healthy. So I thought, okay, it's okay, I'll do that. And as I got to the house, I showered. And then when I got into the, the kitchen, I picked up this, there was an apple and an orange and and I think a banana. And I picked up the apple and guess what? The apple was fake. It was plastic. And some of you are doing this because this is what's at your house at the moment. So I thought, okay, it's maybe just the apple. I picked up the orange and guess what? The orange was fake. And the banana was fake. And I became hangry. Because I was hungry. And as I was thinking about the story, the Holy Spirit came and just immediately right there, snapped me. Like reminded me, gave me a revelation about today's message, I am the bread. He says, you know what people do, Louis? They overindulge in the world. So they go to the fridge and they eat everything in the fridge. It's not healthy. Then they go to the cupboards, if that doesn't work out, and they're still hungry. And if that doesn't work, then... They go to these takeaways. You know, this, this Mr. Delivery. And I don't know if you've ever ate a burger at Mr. Delivery. But 10 minutes later, you're still hungry. And then the fruit that was there was actually the most nutritious food. But what has happened is just because we don't eat it or it goes off so quickly, we put plastic there to save face. And then the Holy Spirit said this, you know those plastic fruit? That is how people treat the Bible. And I was, I don't understand this. He says this, he said this, and I will never forget this. I went to Lausanne, one of the associate pastors at her office is just around from mine now. And, and I said to her, you know, this is the revelation I got. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is telling me, you know what? The most nutritious food you can get for your body was fake. And because people want to say face and they want to say they're Christian, what happens is they have the Bible in their house. They have the Bible on their app. But what happens is that it's fake because we don't use it. We go to the kitchen, we go to the cupboards, we go to Mr. delivery first, but we don't go to God first. You see, it became a decoration. I have a feeling that what has been happening in the world currently is that the church and Christians is becoming a decoration, a namesake, a, a, a fake scenario, because what happens currently in the world is that we treat God and we treat Jesus and we treat the Bible like a drive through we come to church on a Sunday and we say, you know what, Lord, I need something from you. And then when you receive it from God, you go outside these doors and we don't see you again for the next couple of weeks until you're hungry. You know why? Because you got your blessing. Church, I want to say this very clearly from the onslaught today. Church has never been about you. It's about being about Jesus. But the world is us this thing that Jesus and the Bible and the church has become like a McDonald's where you come into a door and say, how can I take your order? Jesus, I need a miracle for my family. I need a job security. I need this, this, this. And, and, And you hear and you receive word and you get outside this door and you get your job and you get your security. And then we don't see you again in church. You know why? Because you received your fast food. I'm saying fast food because it's not what Jesus wanted for you to be part of the church. Church has become, or Christians has become fast food seekers instead of Jesus seekers. And when we make the Bible a fast food menu instead of the true living word of God, it becomes a problem. In your relationship, in every area of your life. And, and I really hope you have your seatbelts on today. Because this is not a message that's always going to be a nice one, but it's needed. And this gave, I had to introspect so much in this message. And I'll share a little bit later Why? But I need you to know this today, what is feeding your soul? What are you feeding your soul with today? We live in a world where we say love is love. doesn't matter how you feel as long as you are happy. We live in relationships that is contradictory to what the Bible says, and we know that that is contradictory to the Bible, but I want to feel loved. I want to have this hope, so I'd I'll, I'll rather not follow the Bible. I'll stay away from the Bible at the moment, even though I know it's not what God has called me to do because this hurts. This food is nutritious. I mean, who likes eating Pomp Winkies for goodness sake? But you have to eat it to be healthy, but you stay away because why? I wanna be happy, that's what the world tells. Hey, your relationship is unbiblical, it's okay, we still love you, don't get me wrong, but you, we want to move you closer to this, but you stay away. You go to another church, another fast food restaurant because of this. We live in a world where, hey, is stealing money, I can do it. I sit with men upon men saying, oh, but if the government steals, I can do so too. You're a Christian, not a government official. What is feeding your soul? Because I've seen every time that we as Christians, when we live outside God's ultimate wisdom, it blows up in our face. And then you're back here again for your next fast food menu. No wonder the world is in a state where it is. Christians fighting on a public platform. I posted something yesterday on Facebook, I said, can we just stop arguing with other Christians and preach to the lost? You see, we live in a world where we we argue amongst each other who's right and who's wrong. We live in a world where we say, Jesus, give me a sign. I need a sign from you. I need to feel your presence. And don't get me wrong, it's not only you. We see stories in the Bible after story, how God had to give them a sign to move. How Moses, who started, had to understand who God is. We see that timeless and time again about that today. But church cannot become a place where it's about me. It's about Jesus. And this is what I'm gonna change today. The thing is, the reason why we're always empty is because there's a hole inside of us spiritually that only God can fill. And we try to fill it with money, and it doesn't work. And we try to fill it with relationships, and it doesn't work. And we try to fill it with friendship and happiness, and it doesn't work. You see, the world is giving you bread that are fake because it gets old quickly and it changes quickly. Now Jesus loves us so much, I don't think we can always comprehend it. I don't think we understand that because even though Jesus knew that this was gonna happen, Paul said to us in 2 Timothy 3, we will become unloving and lovers of self. Jesus still went to a cross and died for us because he wants to have a relationship with us because he knows that that cross can set you free. No matter what you are doing today, what I've been doing, what has happened is he said at the end of the day, I will die for you. Will you accept me as your Lord and Savior? Will you have a relationship with me? Jesus in his infinite wisdom, we can see this when he does this in the I statements. That's what we call it in the Christian world, the I statements. And today's one, I am the bread, is the first one of these. And what has happened is we can see, what, I want to give you a backdrop of the piece of scripture I'm going to use today. We see that Jesus was on a miracle path, if I can call it that. We saw Jesus feeding the 5,000 men that, that one day. And then the very night, He was actually walking on water towards the boat. And then the next morning, people were following Him. They were following Him quite a bit. There was a quite a gathering. I mean, can you imagine seeing Jesus feeding 5,000 men and then seeing Him walking on water? I mean, who would not follow this man? But then, interesting enough, the story changes a bit. And I don't think we always read the full story. So, what I want to do is, I want to read from John 6 today, verse 26. And what was happening is, a guy asked Jesus uh, a few questions. And he said, Jesus answered this to him. And I want to read the whole spectrum, and then we'll do it verse by verse. It says this John 6, verse 26. Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs, But because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for food that is perishes, perishes, but for food that lasts for eternal life, which is the Son of Man. So I'm sorry, the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. What can we do to perform the works of God? They asked. And Jesus replied, This is the work of God that you believe in the one that is sent, that he has sent. Verse 30. What sign then are you going to do to that we may see and believe you? They asked, what are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, manna, and just as it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. No one comes to me, ever will be hung- no one comes to me, will ever be hungry, and no one um, sorry, comes now, now I've lost my mark, <laughs> believes in me, will ever become thirsty again. But as I told you, you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Here we see Jesus was feeding the 5,000. Now we only see 5,000 men. That's the only thing that's recorded, So we don't know actually how many people Jesus fed. But can you imagine if Ryan and his family was one man? How many people were fed that day? You see, they saw the miracle. They saw what Jesus did. And then Jesus knew their hearts. Jesus knew what was happening. And he says this in John 6, verse 26 to 27. Jesus answered, Truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for food that perishes. But for the food that lasts for eternal life, which is the Son of Man will give you. Because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. You see, when I look at this verse, the Holy Spirit is telling us one thing. Change your spiritual diet. Can we say that? Can we say it all together? Change your diet? Can we do it? Can I ask you, what do we need to do? What do you feel we need to do? We need to... You see, you're not believing it today. So I'm going to ask you until you get this right. I want you to feel this right. God has called you to do something today. And what is that? Change. Our diet. That's right. To change our diet. To change our spiritual diets, not our physical diets. Now, I don't know. How many of you have ever been on a diet? Just all the men are shaking. <laughs> ladies, thank you for the three, of the three ladies that were there. But I don't know if you've ever started a diet. What you do, you weigh yourself Every day. You measure every, I I know we had to measure arms and and this part that was abs and your legs and your calves. They measure everything. You measure it with a a little tape. Every day you work out your food to the milligram, how much of protein, how much fat. You put it on a little app on your phone so it can check so you don't go one gram over. And you're like, yes, this diet is working. I can feel the kilograms burning off. And then two weeks later, you lost half a kilogram. And what do you do then? You don't weigh yourself as much anymore. You don't take the measurements around your arm. And, and with my luck, my stomach grew more. You don't take the measurements anymore. And not long after that, you stop going to the gym and you stop the diet. I think gyms make more money of people stopping than actually people that are there. But we do the same with our spiritual diets. When we get to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we accept Him, we go like Yes, I can feel the change. I am so happy. Jesus is my Lord. You buy the new NL worship CD, you buy Maverick City, you buy Hillsong. And if you're Afrikaans, you buy Joe Black and you put that CD in your card and you listen it and you worship and you spend time in the Bible. You buy every you get an app and you download the app and you read it. You come to church every Sunday in the same seat. You go to all the courses you can, you start to serve and 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 it's just going well. You're like, yes, this is the life. Where was this whole, my whole life? And then you start praying for something and it doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen. And you read your Bible less. You don't go to church anymore. You stop serving in the kingdom. And then you just, you do something with the diet people called a cheat day. Because I'm just gonna watch a little bit of Netflix with this show. You know, Squid Games is not so bad. Everybody's looking at it. Maybe I can have a, just a, a cheat day. I'm skipping church this Sunday. It's raining outside. And before we see it, because God didn't work according to our plan and our purpose, because we, Jesus what isn't a drive-through for us, we missed the point of what it means that Jesus is the bread. And I want to tell you today, I, I love the story in John 6, because I and we are not the only ones. John 6 verse 30 says, what sign, they were asking Jesus this, what sign are you going to do so that we may believe you? They asked, what are you going to perform? That word jumped out to me so much. Because have we made Jesus a performer? Have we called out Jesus to perform something for us? Do we come to church and if we're not happy about certain elements we like did we come for the for Jesus or did we come to for ourselves? We live in a world where prophecy has become cheap. We live in a world where we only come to church to receive a personal word. We come to a church to receive blessings. We, we hear today, it's, it's a, a special ministry where you'll receive all your miracles today. And we come in our hordes because we forget who the gift, we forget who the giver is because we are so in love with the gift, but we're not in love with the giver anymore. And we make Jesus a performer. Now, these people I can understand because they didn't know exactly who Jesus was yet. They didn't have the Bible like we do, but we do. We know the truth. But don't we doing the same sometimes? Hey, Jesus, I need something from you. And this is where we get this prosperity ministry. It's a man of God syndrome at the end of the day because we want something. We're not giving something to God. And Jesus says, what I want to give you is the bread of life. Will you accept it? And we say, yes, we want to take it. But I want to cheat day with my steers or my McDonald's or whatever the case should be. I want to ask you today, what is above God that you need to throw out? Is your wife above God? Don't throw her out. (laughs) But she is not your first priority. God is. Is your business your first priority? You need to make God your first priority. Is money your first priority? Make God your first priority. Is your unbiblical relationship a priority? Stop it. Because the Bible doesn't agree with that and that truth will set you free. Are you just looking for love and hope and peace and truth and you're looking at it in long places? Well, stop it because here today we see the answer. Jesus is the only one who can fill that. But the thing is we must stop making it about ourselves and make it more about Jesus. What do you need to throw out? What is of eternal value today? What are you doing that is not, uh, uh, that's only temporary? Because if I look at this, if I look at the situation, we need to understand, first of all, that we need to change our diet by stopping what is above God today. John 6 verse 27 says, Don't work for food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, so which the Son of Man will give you. Because God the Father has set His seal of approval on Him. It means what are we doing that is eternal are you reading your Bible to grow in your relationship with Christ? Are you coming to church to grow in your relationship with Christ? Are you attending courses? Are you spending time in the Word? Or are you watch, binge-watching the next Bachelor on Netflix? Are you having a cheat day more than a spiritual day? Now, I don't want you to be lazy. Don't <laughs> Get me wrong. I don't want you to sit back. But if I look at this verse, I want to give you some context on how, how life changes so quickly. When lockdown happened two years ago, you know, we had to go online only. The world closed itself up. But I've never seen so many people online or physical at the online services we had here, the online courses. We had Faith. We had Elevate. We had different courses, godly men, soul sisters. We had everything happening in this church to make sure people get fed during the online time. And man, it was insane. I was loving it. I mean, we couldn't even keep up with the comments on a Sunday. And it was amazing. And we see growth, the online courses. I mean, online only. We had a a stage where two Zoom accounts just to make sure we accommodate everybody. But then lockdown ended. We got into phase one or whatever you want to call it. And what did we do as humans? Let that sink in. All of a sudden church attendance is back to low. All of a sudden we don't do courses because it's dark. All of a sudden we don't send our children to elevate because it's family night. I did the same. I didn't send my kids to ages because it's our family night. So I'm with you here. All of a sudden the temporary became more important to the eternal. And I was prepping this as I was, Lord, you gave us a chance in lockdown to realign our faith towards your heart and towards who you are. And as soon as it ended, we went back to running for money. We went back to these relationships. We went back to these friendships that are unhealthy because in level five, you couldn't go anywhere. And you, God was so there for so many people because I remember the prayers. They were like stressed and worried and God came through for them. If you're sitting here today, God came through for you at lockdown because you didn't pass away. And people were praying for that and so forth. And as soon as soon as lockdown ended, we we're like, thank you, God. I'll see you when it's not raining on church on Sunday. And what did we do? We made a drive-through in lockdown of God. But that's, that's maybe intense to hear today, but it's good news today. It means that we can change. It means we can start again. It means that Jesus has so much grace for us that he says, you know what? Let's try again. Let's do this again. Let's align yourself on that again. How do you do that? Well, first of all, change your diet. Throw out what is above God in your life. That must take second place. It is God. If you're a husband, it's your wife. And if it's a wife, it's your husband and your children. Your work is not even showing here in this place. Is God really first? The second part talks about dependence. John 6, verse 32, they say, Jesus said to them, they were asking, are you gonna give us manna like Moses did? And then Jesus said, truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Can you imagine that? We receive the true bread from heaven from God. We get it from God. We have the Bible. We have this. But we live in a world where we'd rather go to Google and we try to figure out our marriage, how to go for marriage counseling, onto Google. Have you ever Googled flu? What's the symptoms of flu? By the time it looks like you have stage four cancer and you're dead, when you have the flu. But we don't go to the Bible, we don't go for spiritual advice, we don't go through there, because Lord, we wanna try it ourselves. We wanna open the fridge and overindulge in that and get fat, and then hopefully the fruit that we're gonna eat, the Bible, is not plastic. But Jesus says, hey, put your dependence on me. Your finances is not because of you, it's because of Jesus. The wife or the husband sitting next to you, it's not because you're charm and you're great, and you're amazing, and so forth. It has a little part to it, but it's because of Jesus. Your children is a gift from God. It's not because you are a blessed man. Yes, you are. Don't get me wrong in that sense, but it's not because of that. It's because of Jesus. The reason why you're alive and well and breathing is not because of your exercise and running and cycling. It's because of Jesus. I mean, if I was God, I would go, we're done, and everybody dies. That was me. That would be me. But here God says, no, I don't want that. I want a relationship with you. I want you to serve me. I want you to be dependent on me. But where are you getting your advice from? Psalms 37 verse 34 says, Wait for the Lord and keep His way, and He will exalt you to inherit the land. How many of us can just wait? If your packet from take a lot is late for three days, what do you do? You phone them. Some of you are quite nice. You phone them and you say, You so, so, and so, and so, this is your promises. I don't care who, what, what. I want this thing here tomorrow. Am I right? The problem I can't do that because every time I phone for a package, they say, Hey, Pastor Louis, how can we help you today? And I'm like, (laughs) How do we treat other humans? Can we wait on the Lord? Can you wait 40 years wandering in a desert? Can you wait? Jeremiah 29, verse 11? We all quote that scripture. The Lord has a plan and a purpose for you, not to perish, but to prevail. And, and it says, if you seek me with everything you have, the very next verse, in the midst of these things, you will find me. But did you know after that, God didn't speak to them for 70 plus years. Can you wait for 70 years? Can we? Thank you very much for the one honest answer here. Because it, God is not a drive-through. You see, when we prepare decent food, food that is nourishful for us, it takes time, it takes skill, it takes a recipe book to get it right, and you're not always going to get it at the right time, the first, the second, or the third. I still cannot cook eggs to to this day, but at the end of the day, I know what the truth is. Where is your dependence on? I want to challenge you today. Don't even rely on godly men per se. Rely on Jesus Christ. We live in a world where we, we, we look at a pastor or a spiritual uh, uh, person in the world and we hang on to every word that he says that we forget to challenge and see if the theology is on. We say words like, this is the man you need to follow. This is the person. He is so great. He's doing amazing things. This is the right speaker. And I'm like screaming inside because it's not that man. It's the Holy Spirit through that man that's ministering. And what happens is we don't even test the theology anymore. Whatever this person says, it is truth. No wonder Africa is struggling because we have too many truth uh, prosperity speakers and not enough Christians to say, hey, you know what? Holy Spirit, work through me. And when this pastor is caught in a situation or caught a thing, we judge that pastor. We say, yo, we should have known. And then we become hypocritical because we believed in that man. Where is your dependence on today? Is it on man? I hope you test my theology. I hope if you see something wrong in my belief system, you will call me out on that. Yes. Because it's not me here on the stage. It is Jesus Christ having a message for you guys. And I'm just a vessel. Yes. Don't follow me. Follow Jesus. Don't follow Ryan. Follow Jesus. Don't follow Stephen Furtick. Follow Jesus. Yes, the ministries are good and so forth. But Jesus is the center point of that. Yes. Jesus says, I am the bread. Louis is not the bread. It will miff. But Jesus doesn't. Thank you. I'll take that one as a compliment. Meaning I'm going to die one day. At the end of the day, Jesus must be first, not second, not third, not fourth. You know, when things don't go your way, do you still trust the bread of life? When Jesus is the only way, would you still trust him if everything else around you goes wrong? I'll be a bit vulnerable here. And I'm already saying online, guys, if you don't know me, I'm probably gonna cry, I'm a very emotional guy. I wanna make sure you know that this, what has happened here has happened to me. The things I've done wrong in this very year has happened to me. So I wanna tell you that pastors are also humans. So we are very fortunate. In our staff group, they have a lot of pastoral staff. I don't know if you've known that. We have eight, seven, eight. I tried to count, but I've lost count. And what we do at church is we try to give everybody opportunity to minister, to grow that gift of ministry, to speak to their, into their to speak into, you know, on Sundays and so forth. And I remember at the end of last year, people started asking me, Louis, why are you not preaching anymore on this stage as much? What has happened? Did you do something wrong? Now, I was a happy-go-lucky, chappy guy. I have no sock, no issue. But then when more people were starting to ask that, something festered in me. So what I do is, Louis, I go onto our webpage, and I see how many times everybody else has preached. Not Ryan, because he's the senior leader and teacher. He has to. And I see where I was writing (laughs) with the other staff. And it festered, and it festered, and it festered. And I knew that, listen, we have to give all this, this this is what we do. We give the staff this postural opportunity. And I was so upset that I was not preaching anymore. So much so that me and Ryan's relationship, and look, we're good. We fake it till we make it sometimes. Not anymore. I'll tell you now why. But I was like, I resented this man. I didn't like him. Didn't love him. Had nothing to do with him. Wow, now that came out loud. Thank you so much for that. So much so that one day, I had a huge blow up. This year, not last year, this year, I had a huge blow up. And I was like, I I don't know what to do anymore. I don't even know what I believe anymore. And I went into his office and I was crying, like ugly cry. Like, I don't know if my wife has a video of me ugly crying, she'll share it. (laughs) But I was ugly crying. And I say, why is this happening? What's going on? And then Ryan, through the power of the Holy Spirit, said this to me, and this is why I honor this man, and this is why he's my best friend, and this is why I said last weekend, you're the luckiest person to have, this is your senior leader. He said to me, Louis, you have pride. Still got goosebumps when I say that. It's like the Holy Spirit, <laughs> Will Smith, clapped me. <laughs> I had to. I was sitting there, and I was looking back, and it was because of pride. All of a sudden, my dependence wasn't on God. All of a sudden, my diet was not in the Bible. All of a sudden, the enemy was so good at sneaking stuff out that I started. The man I loved the most—I'll say it with greatest love—that we've made a decision. I'll never do this again. We will always call each other out, and we will always speak life into each other. And when something is off, something is off. And I was going back to God, and I literally, that for that two, three, four, five days afterwards, I. I couldn't function properly because I knew there was something wrong. And then God said to me, you know what, Louis? I still love you. I still have a plan and a purpose for you. But your plan and purpose in this ministry, it's not this. It is circles. It is godly men. It is visits. I I try to visit as many people as I can. I like one-on-one. For those who have ever met me, I can talk for ages one-on-one. And you can talk for, thank you very much. That's where God has called me. And since I've accepted it, it's not about me. I don't come to this church for me. I come for him. That load is off. And that truth has set me free. And now I'm the old Louis again. No, not the old old Louis, but the old Louis again in my stature, in my nature. Because I don't have this thing inside of me that is growing. You see, I also use God as a drive-through situation. And When I didn't get my order right, like we sometimes don't, I went off. So here's what Jesus says we need to do. And I want to do this with you guys today. I want to speak a little bit into that today. You know, for us to actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ is all about repentance. All of us are sitting here and we somehow put something above God again. Somehow we're not accepting Jesus as the bread and life and we start to love the gift more than the giver. We all do that. So I want you to close your eyes for a moment for me. And I want you to really introspect what God is laying on your heart right now. I believe this is a word for, for a season for all of us today. And I want you to be a little bit vulnerable here today. I, I want to ask you if, if there's anything that the Holy Spirit is bringing to mind that is above God today. If, if you seek repentance for anything, Jesus will set you free, guys. He's not a God that's going to have revenge on you. He wants you to be restored fully into His kingdom. So I want to ask, ask you a serious question like I had to ask myself when it came to pride will I be able to repent? So if you are here today and you need to repent today, I just wanna ask you to lift up your hand and put it down again. It's not here to judge, That we can all just stand in agreement. It takes a lot of guts to do this, to tell God today, yeah, look at me, I am ready to repent. And then I wanna pray with you. I'm gonna pray the prayer that I use for repentance, for myself, and then you can add your own situation into there. And know that Jesus will set you free. I want to thank you for everybody that put up their hands. It takes a lot of guts to accept that you have something to finish off or to change with Jesus Christ. He is the bread of life. He's the only one who can sustain you. And today, we start anew again with him. Lord, I thank you for each and every person that's here today. I thank you for every person that has uh, lifted up their hand today in repentance. Jesus, I am so sorry for what I've done and where I've made it more about myself than about you. Lord, I come today and I call it by name. I call it pride. I come against pride right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you will take it away from me. I pray that you will remind me that it has never been about me, but all about you and honoring you and you in the kingdom. Lord, I pray that you will take us to a new level today. Holy Spirit, that you will remind us, that you will nudge us, that you will move with us, that you will shove us into the direction away from that. So Lord, I come humbly today as your servant, And I pray that you will forgive me for all the acts of pride that's been shown in my life. That I will be reminded constantly when it rears his head again, that you are there for me. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that I'm saved, not by your works, but by grace. So Jesus, I pray for your wisdom today. I pray for your love over me today. I pray for hope. I pray for joy. I pray for peace. I pray for the fruit of the Spirit to to, to live out in me. Jesus, I pray wherever I have been treating you like a drive through or where I've been using uh, cheat days, not honouring you, that I will stop it today, not by my might, but by your strength. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on a cross for me. I thank you for your love. Thank you for your peace. And that I know you are still in control. And I pray this in Jesus' name. I want you to keep your eyes closed. Maybe there's some of you here today who's never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Maybe there are some of you here today that have been looking into the world for right answers and today Jesus just revealed how much He loves you today and He wants a relationship with you today. Maybe you are ready to fill that hole today. Maybe you know that that hole can only be filled by Jesus Christ and maybe you've wandered off a bit. But can I tell you today, Jesus is the best decision you will ever make in your life. So I want to ask you today, if you feel that you are ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, that you will just quickly raise your hand. Just raise it up. If you want to be ready to give Jesus, there we go. Thank you so much. If you're ready to give Jesus it all to make Him your first and everything else second, would you raise your hand today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord. So not to make these guys feel awkward in the room now. I want to ask ask us all to pray together as we just pray with these people as they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So let's pray. Lord, I admit I'm a sinner. Lord, first of all, I ask your forgiveness. Lord, I accept that you died at a cross for me, that you were resurrected. And through your blood, I have new life. Jesus, I thank you. By your grace, I can be cleansed and made new again. So, Lord, from now on, help me to live a life. That is in honor of you. I thank you for your forgiveness. And I repent from my old ways. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we just celebrate what God has done?